Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the second edition of the Analyst Inside Cricket. We're in India. I'm Simon Hughes and we'll reflect today on England's defeat in that stunning first one-day international in Pune and that incredible innings by Virat Kohli. Well, it was absolutely stunning, wasn't it? I'm Simon Mann. Also in this edition, we've got Sam Billings talking about what he's learned from one of the world's great batsmen. Sonny Gavaskar tells us how driving on Indian roads actually helped his batting. And Owen Morgan reveals how he's had to change his approach to batting in one-day cricket and how a rollicking, I think that's a polite word, early in his career made a huge difference. Right, that's enough of that. Now let's start with the game on Sunday. Another incredible innings by Virat Kohli. I mean, I was watching it just thinking, how do you bowl at the guy? And it started from when India were 14 for one, chasing that big score. And, you know, actually Chris Wokes bowled very well to to Kohli early on. They got that early wicket. And then sort of completely out of the blue, he just waltzed up the pitch and deposited David Willey over deep mid-wicket for six. And I think the, the innings... The thing about the innings that struck me the most was that there was no real risk involved. He hit a lot of those shots straight down the ground. He didn't ever use a cross-back shot except occasionally when it was a short ball. And there was this total conviction, dominance. It it, it seemed completely invincible the way he batted. And I, I don't know how you get him out. Well, I'm not sure England do either. I mean, they had, they had really struggled against him all winter. He's looked so much in control. The, the most amazing thing about that game, I thought, on Sunday, England had 350 on the board. India was 60 for four. I mean, a few years back, 60 for four chasing 350, you, 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 practically, you mentally went home, didn't you? Within about 40 runs of that fifth-wicket partnership, you thought India could get these because... Of, Cody is such a magnificent player. He's just got that, such great confidence and, and that belief that anything's possible. He, he did it in that remarkable World 2020 game 
against Australia in Mahali when, to all intents and purposes, India looked at well behind. And he, he just made it, he made it look so simple. I think that's a, that's a key word, actually, simple. You know, he doesn't try any mad, funky shots or reverse sweeps or anything. He just hits with such conviction, such power, such uh, total belief in himself. And, you know, he said after the game, didn't he, that he believed, even at 60 for four, that they could win that. He imparted that belief in his partner, Yadav. And what, I suppose what caught England out a bit was, was how well Yadav played, not only in the, in the sense that he scored quickly, but he kept rotating the strike. He never allowed the bowlers to bowl dot balls. It was a brilliant little cameo, more than a cameo, 150 balls, 60 balls, working the ball so neatly into gaps so that he could get the strike back to Kohli. And, you know, one of the interesting things about Kohli is, OK, how do you bowl at a guy of such dominance? Well, one way is get him off strike. You know, but firstly, Jadav was very good at getting him back on strike, and secondly, Kohli is now so fit, and this is one of the sort of driving forces of his emergence, is that he can get back for twos when other batsmen would settle for a single. So not only has he got the power, but he's got this amazing stamina and fitness, so that he can get back on strike almost from any situation. I feel a bit sorry for Jadav actually. If you look at the the pure stats. Jadav, 120 off 76 balls. Kohli, 122 off 105. And there was, a, there was a stage in that partnership when I looked up the scoreboard and Jadav had something like 46 off 22 balls. Yeah. And he was the, 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 the starter, really, in, wasn't The instigator. He? Yeah, the instigator of, of that, the run chase. Um, of course, he's quite experienced. You think of, when, when you see a guy like that, you think, oh, well, you don't know much about him. He's only played 30 in one day. He's probably not very experienced. But he's actually 31, so he's been around the traps for quite a while and obviously worked out his game and that's so important for batsmen I think there's a there's a, a stage batsmen get to probably just before their 30th birthday sort of 27 28 29 that's when they really start to peak because their eyes and their reflexes are still so sharp but they've had enough experience to be able to deal with all sorts of situations how would you bowl at Kohli what would you do I I, I mean I'd, I'd, I'd horror, I think I'd just give the ball to somebody else but I think uh, the only strategy that I can see on these incredibly flat pitches with the ball doing nothing, the white ball literally not moving in the air or off the pitch, is you've got to mix up your pace as much as you can. Uh, that means what, some that are as quick as you can bowl and some, if you can bowl the back of the hand slower ball, that's definitely the best one to use. And the only other way is really good bounces because if you get the ball up high outside the off stump, you know he's going to try and do something with it and it's hard to control those shots. They might go for six, but there might be a, a top edge. I would try a bounce early on. I think that's the one area that England haven't employed enough and maybe a Liam Plunkett with a bit of extra pace would be able to use that, that tactic. Yeah, just a feeling. I, I felt it for a while that England's bowling in one-day cricket is, is a bit bland. Yeah. And, in, you know, do they have that wicket-taking bowler? But they don't really have that mystery spinner that you know, has helped other teams over the years. And I know that the pitches are flat out here, and that was the, the, the flattest, absolute belter, actually. One of the best pitches. I mean, I've been coming here for a long time to India. It's one of the best pitches I've ever seen here. Yeah. yeah and, and the scores reflected that. So it's not easy for the bowlers. But just someone who's got that, just that extra little bit of something. I was interesting. I was thinking the other night, I wonder how Malcolm Marshall would have bowled on that pitch the, the other evening. I mean, yeah. he would have liked the, the banks, wouldn't he? I mean, you know, one of the world's great bowlers. Would he have gone round the park as well in this, in this modern game? Oh, God, yeah. Of course he would. Uh, and he would have had to find a solution. The great players always do. They find a way. What Marshall would have had, which 
England don't really have at the moment is skiddy pace. And I, I, I bowled a fair bit myself in India, and I, although I wasn't as good or as quick as Marshall, I had the same trajectory. And I found bowling in Indian pitches was quite good because the ball skids through low. That pitch at Pune was was had that perfect bounce where the ball just arrived ideally on the middle of the bat. And I think any bowler in the world in history would have been deposited miles. But you've still got to work with, you can only work with what you've got. And I think England do need to mix it up a bit more, both lengths and paces. The batting... You get a 350, you expect yeah. to win, don't you? Really? I think, you know, Owen Morgan said that in his post-match interview. And you, you get that many runs, you, you know, you, you pretty much feel you're in the game. I, mm. I mean, you were quite confident, weren't you, at halfway stage? Yeah. I, I've, I've seen that happen to England so many times here. Mm. You, know, you get a decent score, then, oh, goodness me. You know, it's like sand running through your hands. You, you just It just gets away from you so quickly. Um, and, they, you know, they, they weren't able to defend it. Could they have been more... Proactive. I think they could, uh, and I think England. You know the way that the one-day game has evolved. Uh, you know you have to be setting your sights, especially when a pitch is as good as this was. The shortish boundaries, slightly thinner air, being at 500 metres elevation, you've got to seek 400. Uh, there's no, you know, 350 is the old 280, mm-hmm. really. And so England had it's periods. It's so hard to judge, though, isn't it? When you when you're well, of course first. it is. But you know that's why you play lots of cricket. That's why you try to play as many one day internationals as you can, so that when you get to the bigger tournaments, you know you know kind of you look at a pitch and you know roughly what a good score will be. The way that Jason Roy dominated at the beginning of the innings, you know he hit ten fours in no time, and if he'd stayed in, he probably would have got two hundred because mm. he was just hitting it so easily. So I, I suppose England slightly lost their way round about the 35th over. Butler and, and Root just couldn't quite get going. And if you look at the, the strike rates of the players, uh, that Butler and Root and Morgan, I think, were all under 100 runs per 100 balls. You know, So they were percentage-wise just a little bit l- below what was required in, on, the, on that circumstance, on that pitch. And you've got to... You know the number three for England, I think, on a flat pitch, Joe Root has got to be scoring a hundred strike rate plus, and that's what someone like Coley would. Now Root was seventy-eight from ninety-five balls, but there was thirty-one from thirty-six balls. Morgan, let's talk about Morgan. I know you've been speaking to him. Twenty-eight from twenty-six balls. He had a very slow start, and he hit that six, and he was off, and then he that that rundown shot, nicked behind, yeah. reviewed, and, and and he was given out. On review, he was, he was looking good. Uh, he hasn't been in the the greatest of form for England in, in one day cricket for, for quite a long time. A decent series against Pakistan. I mean, there, you, you get the sense, you know, social media that sort of thing that people are sort of just chipping away a bit at, at Morgan, aren't they? There are other players, and you know, Bairstow can't get in the team, and, and Billings, who we'll hear from later, he, he can't get in the team as well. What, what do you feel about uh, Morgan's position? I think he's he's obviously had to adapt his game. Uh, I think the, the you know the the evolution of one day cricket has been so rapid that it's almost slightly left him behind, and he's still slightly grappling with what is the best way of playing for him. He hasn't really got the power of the Billings uh, or, or sort of you know the Butlers, the people who hit the big sixes, Jason Roy, uh, and yet the the innovative part of his game, which he used to be so good at that was a pioneer in many ways uh, seems to have kind of become a little bit obsolete because he's sort of trying to find his best best approach I still think he's valuable actually in the team because firstly you know he's a very calm character 
and secondly, he's played so much. And he's, he's England's leading one-day scorer in, if you combine one-day internationals and T20s, nobody's scored as many runs as he has. So that experience is invaluable. But I still think he needs to find that right tempo of his game. Obviously, the, the problem for him, in a way, is that one-day cricket has evolved so fast that you know it's been hard for him to keep up with it. And one of the questions I asked him was how the one-day cricket has evolved in his time. I think probably the, the earliest change I can remember in my career was the 2000, 2011 World Cup, which was five years ago now, um, when teams were scoring above 320, 330. I uh, remember the India game at Bangalore where it ended up being a draw, but the fact of chasing down, I think it might have been 350, it was somewhere around Stroud's there, Stroud's got 160. And performances like that we'd not really seen or produced a lot in the past, but managed to produce them in India, whether it was smaller grounds or higher, whatever the contribution was, it was or the contributing factors were, it just seemed to be a, a significant change. Um, but the, the all-round format, I think, evolved around the world from there if you look at the difference between the Indy World Cup and the Australian New Zealand is is quite significant it's probably another 20-30 run gap with the bat and brought about by what? brought about sorry I think the major contribution to that is the extra fielder inside the, the circle so you go from 4 to 5 inside I think a lot more 4s are hit as opposed to 6s Um and it, it doesn't give the bowler much margin for error. Margin for error used to be three balls on the same length. You could bowl a, a Yorker, a, a length ball, or a bouncer all on the same sorry same line, and you could set a field for it. But you you can't do that now with the extra man in. Um, the the line there's too much too much margin for error for the bowler uh, on the line, and I think that that's probably the biggest factor. So not power of of batsman and size of bats then no I don't think I think that the, the, the method and style has completely changed um, I think that's just the evolution of the generation of T20 cricket the, gen, the, the, the generation that grew up with T20 cricket so guys in our team uh, Billings Roy anybody under 25 comes out and plays a different style of Butler, game Butler Butler plays every shot in the book and it's uh, you don't blink it at it it's something that they do they don't feel under pressure to, to practice it more than any other shot, uh, whatever the shot might be. But that generation of cricketer just seems to be, I don't know, more advanced and full of gadgets. Do you feel that you've had to now adapt to the further changes? Yeah, well, I've, I've probably gone back a little bit the other way um, because I've, I've moved up the order and, and uh, sort of need to produce... Uh, more consistent uh, performances and I think sort of you mess around with the word consistency the whole time but consistency for me means uh, when I get 80 I must get 100 or when I get 100 I must, it must be a match winning 100 something like that it doesn't mean necessarily going out there and getting to 40 and giving yourself a chance um, and then for me falling back on the way I used to play is a lot easier now because you can I suppose you can see what's happening around you and then just go out and 
and free up. Um, but I suppose with responsibility comes, I suppose, the expectation of doing well and being captain as well. You you expect a lot of yourself. Um, I suppose that's how my games have all this. Yeah, it's gone backwards. What about captaincy? How do you stay so calm? Because you know it's a it's a pretty frenetic business captaining one day cricket, T Twenty cricket. There's balls flying everywhere and you know a lot of tension involved. And you yet always seem to, to look very composed is that something you've worked on is it just a natural thing um, it's it's probably something that I've I had to work on early in, in my career you know as you know starting I suppose your county career at Middlesex is, is quite exciting and then you can get quite emotional and quite passionate about things and that doesn't work for me it never has I don't think it never will getting fired up for one particular game for me, it clouds my decision making, and it it, it 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 sort of it doesn't disable me completely, but it 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 doesn't affect me in a positive way. Um, and early on in my Middlesex career, I started to realise that by getting throw my toys out of card if I get out, because it meant so much to me to to play. You know, I sort of brushed that aside. I remember losing losing it a little bit and throwing my toys out of card on the way up to the change room. One day, and I'm, I think I cursed on the way past the committee room. And I remember getting up, and about ten minutes later, I went to go to the toilet. And uh, Embers was coach at the time, and he gave me a dressing down. So don't ever behave like that ever again. And sort of, a, I think he might have said it was. It's only a game. It was something like that. And I remember sitting there going, you know what? I'm taking this way too seriously. This is. I, I need to make good decisions. I mean, I'll enjoy my cricket still, but just you need to be able to focus unemotionally. Um, and I suppose that's where it changed Well some interesting stuff there from Owen Morgan the art of, of keeping cool it just struck me the other evening watching the game I mean Coley obviously has learned how to do it and, and Jadav was able to do it the other evening we were, we were sitting in the crowd and the, the noise is incredible wasn't it then this vast crowd baying for fours and sixes it, it, it's amazing actually how batsmen are able to just keep calm under that sort of scrutiny really and, and, you know, and the pressure of the chase as well actually the, the motivation I suppose for England is to silence the crowd isn't it when it goes really quiet when England take a wicket or hit a boundary that's, that's your motivation and I, I think you know uh, it, players become accustomed to, to shutting out the, all the extraneous stuff I mean that's one of the arts of batting isn't it in a way is, is sort of being able to focus on the ball and try and kind of remove all the periphery, all the chaos going around, the noise, etc., and, and, and totally shut that out. Uh, you know, it's an art, and some people are obviously able to do it better than others. I think Morgan, having played out here in the IPL, uh, having played a lot of one-day international cricket, perhaps it, it, it almost, you know, sort of flies past him, and he doesn't notice that sort of amazing noise. And, you know, as captain, that's one of his great assets, is he does look calm even though he might not feel it inside you know the art of captaincy is almost not only being calm but actually acting calm it's like a bluff really almost but I think he's pretty good at it and probably Joe Root at the moment is quite happy being the second in command or being in the background just having to play his game because you know captaining in in those circumstances is tough it's weird isn't it as a batsman you're that, that process, I don't know how aware of it you, you are at the, at the top level, but of 
of hitting a boundary. And, and normally there's, there's a reaction, isn't there? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a minor success, a reaction, the crowd cheer. Most, most places in the world there's a, there's a, a clap. But here, mm. utter, utter silence. Yeah. And that's, that's your reward for, for hitting the boundary is silence. Whereas you're so used to, conditioned to, getting some positive feedback, i.e. the crowd cheering or, or clapping. I mean, is, is that, I remember actually once commentating... Uh, at World Cup semi-final, 1996, Aradavinda de Silva hit the ball down the ground to reach his 50, and there was total silence from 100,000 people at Eden Gardens. And as a commentator, I thought I got something wrong because I, I thought because normally you'd expect the crowd to clap a, a 50. I thought there's his 50. Oh no, it can't be. There's no one. There's no one applauding. But it, 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 t- it takes a while to get used to that sort of that double think, the, the difference of, of playing cricket out here. That uh, that Yadav, he reminded me a bit of Aravinda de Silva, the way he batted, very short stature. He's someone who, when, when you're a very short player, he can cut and pull balls that would be a good length ball to a taller batsman. And that was classic of Aravinda. You know, he could pull a half volley practically and was you know very nimble on his feet. And I suppose, you know, the other motivation for an Indian player is to excite the crowd and get them up on their feet. Um, I guess it's you know, noise to Indians is is not because of the traffic chaos that you tend to get. It's kind of part and parcel of daily life, isn't it? But I've often wondered how you do concentrate in the Indian environment. You know, perhaps with men around the bat as well in a spinning sort of situation. And one of the, the greatest advocates of focus and dealing with the difficulty of men around the bat and chaos in the crowd was, was Sonny Gavaskar, who, of course, was a legendary batsman for India, who's a commentator now and, and a completely you know, legend of the game. And he says that Indian traffic, driving in Indian traffic, actually helped his batting. Well, I'm not sure about others, but it certainly helped me because what it did was uh, it um, forced me to concentrate. Uh, there were, you couldn't look left or right. You just focused on, on the road in front of you. And uh, what I learned very early was uh, to just keep looking at the, at, at the headlights uh, part. Because if you looked at the headlights part, then when you were batting, then you had your blinkers on. You looked straight down the pitches. You looked straight down the pitch as well. And, uh, well, it, it, it worked for me. As far as concentration was concerned, absolutely spot on. No chance, as I said, uh, to, to let your mind wander. You had to be absolutely waiting to, 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 to guess what the person in front was going to do because there is no such thing as signals. Uh, and in, in the days when I started driving, yes, uh, the, the, uh, the indicators to the right and the indicators to the left were not quite there. So it was a matter of putting your hand out of the window and, and signaling that you wanted to turn right or whatever it is. And so therefore, I think the concentration was required because in case you miss that, you could be banging, you know, banging the the, the, uh, the front car. And what's it like driving in Mumbai? Do you do it? Do you do it much I, now? I I don't do it as much as I used to. But I used to love driving. Um, and um, you must be a masochist driving through that traffic. Well, I mean, I can't drive in England uh, because in England it's so orderly. I tried to drive during my one season in in uh, Somerset for Somerset, and it was crazy because every time there was a truck on on. In the left lane or the right lane, I would just be braking because in India, like the trucks would go right or left without indicating that they were going to go right or left. Uh, you know, I, I, I would start braking 
and uh, suddenly everything would be you know slowing down and slowing down and so it was it was quite fair because really there's no such thing as braking in India is there it, it, it's only the horn absolutely. there is no brake at all no no you the, just pivot you just pivot absolutely I think you know I mean we, we that is the reason why you find on the back of every every truck what was written on the ba- back of every truck no, horn sir. horn okay please <laughs> which means you want to go past me you horn okay please if you master the traffic here you can drive anywhere in the world and and probably back anywhere in the world too yeah absolutely well that's sunny gavaska there's traffic everywhere in the world i mean every big city in the world has got its traffic problems uh, london for example it takes an age to get anywhere but it, it, it's hard to get it across there is nowhere quite like India. The traffic in India is not like anywhere else in the world. It is so chaotic. You do just drive down the wrong side of the road. But you actually, yesterday, I mean, this is a remarkable story. I mean, this, this, this is a first. Someone actually was supposed to have committed a traffic <laughs> offence in India. Someone got yeah. nicked for a traffic offence. I mean, you could nick, you know, a, a thousand people a minute here, can you? But actually, you were in a car where it did happen. It's, it's like wacky races, isn't it, the, the, the roads here with, you know, hundreds of cars all trying to, to get past each other. And there's no such thing as braking. It's, it's all just horning all the time. Uh, yeah, this is a guy, a, a taxi driver, who jumped a red light. And, you know, everybody jumps red lights in <laughs> India. The, the cars just sort of... Well, you get, you get beeped if you don't almost jump a red light. Yeah, and so he, he turned around the corner from a hotel and sneaked through the red light and there was a policeman waiting on the on the opposite corner with a, a sort of thing that looked like a bit like a, a sabre you know a lightsaber and he waved it it suddenly flashed red and that meant you've got to pull over and he stopped him and said you know whatever he said in hindi but there was a lot of arguing and the, the taxi driver tried to offer him what looked like a bribe he tried to offer him you know, a couple of hundred rupees or 50 rupees or something to tell him sorry. But no, he got him out of the car and absolutely gave him chapter and verse. You must not jump the red lights and find him 200 rupees. Well, it strikes me that if they are going to sort of bring in more draconian sort of traffic control measures like that in India, they'll make an absolute fortune, yes. won't they? They'll make, yeah. a, they'll make a fortune every hour. As soon as I arrived here, uh, flew into Mumbai, got a, a, a rickshaw half a mile down the road to the hotel where we were just going to wait for a pickup and he went the wrong way under a flyover and down a, a three-lane highway the wrong way to get into the hotel exit we nearly had three accidents within a minute of being here so you're quite right we we came into our hotel here in Pune and the, our driver dri- got the, went the wrong way and but then drove down the wrong side of the road what's interesting is the reaction of the people coming the other way it isn't what are you doing you're driving down the wrong way it's Oh, I'll just move out of your way and, and, and let you go past. It's, 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 you, you have to see it to believe it, don't you? But it, but it sort of it adds to the experience, but I'm not sure if I could live here. Because you just... Actually, they don't have many accidents. But Sonny was saying he couldn't, li- he couldn't drive in England. Quite. I know, because it, yeah, it's too organised. It's bizarre. It's what you get... I suppose it's what you get used to, isn't it? Let's go back to um, talking about cricket in this uh, England side. <laughs> cricket? Um, You've been speaking to Sam Billings, I know, and um, well, when we talked about Owen Morgan, we said, yeah. you know, he's under pressure a bit because of players like Sam Billings, who is unbelievable. I uh, I did a, a power hitting clinic with a guy called Julian Wood uh, from formerly Hampshire, who runs a power hitting clinic at Bradford College, at Bradfield College, and he said Sam Billings has got the fastest hand speed in, if not English cricket certainly in the England team 
100 miles an hour. It's been measured by putting a ball on a tee and then actually giving him a baseball bat to hit the ball with. And his hand speed is, is absolutely incredible. And, I mean, that's true of Coley too, isn't it? It's sort of... It's getting into the positions and getting a stable position and then using your hands to just hit the ball where you want. And actually, you know, Coley, that six he hit off Willie uh, early in the innings, it was a straight bat for a lot, lot of it. And then just the whip of the hands and the wrists at the end, quite Viv Richards-like, actually. That, in fact, his innings reminded me a little bit of the dominance, the aura that, that Viv Richards used to have. Obviously, Billings isn't in that, that mould yet, but he's learning from from watching all these great players around the world and playing with them as well. How long has he got to wait, do you think, to become a permanent member of this England one-day side? Hopefully not long, because... It's, it's, not, it's hard to see a place in the team for it him, is. as it is at the moment, though. I mean, who, who do you drop? You're not going to drop Roy. Hale's not so long ago made a 175. Mm. Root is one of your high-class players. Morgan's the captain. Butler's a gun player. Stokes is your all-rounder. I think Hales is under pressure, even though he did get that fantastic innings. I think he's a bit one-dimensional. And he's not the best fielder, and Billings is a brilliant fielder. I think England have to find a way to get him in somehow. And there's Bairstow as well waiting. Which, of course, is, is I mean, there, it's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Well, Billings has, has really come to the fore of late. He made runs in the warm-up game. He's been playing T20 around the world. He's been playing in the Big Bash. And he's been actually telling Simon about the value of playing cricket all around the world. The wickets are so good in Australia that... Uh, you actually don't have to try and create too much as a batsman. You, you stand there and um, just strike the ball cleanly, really. And uh, that, that's why the wickets are so good, really. So, whereas in the IPL, sometimes there's a bit, bit more kind of... The wickets are slower, they turn more. So as a batsman, you've got to be a lot more proactive uh, with your footwork and uh, your sh- stroke play, really. So you see a lot more kind of sweep, square the wicket. Um, simply because the ball doesn't come onto the bat so much. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just the different styles of cricket. Wherever you go in the world, um, it differs slightly from place to place. So, I The think IPL, you, you met a couple of star players. You met A.B. de Villiers. Yeah. What was that like and what did you learn from that? Well, yeah, he's my hero. So uh, I think that's the great thing about the opportunity you get is you rub shoulders with the best players in the world. And uh, I think the best way of learning from those guys is by talking to them so um, yeah it's one of those that I'll and the Big Bash is exactly the same in that if I get another opportunity to go back I will be going back Um, What did AB say to you? Yeah he said I mean as long as you're relaxed that's the most key key thing he came up with really was um, as long as you know you've done the hard work and uh, you back your ability then uh, the world's kind of your oyster and I mean it's pretty easy for him to say as he's probably one of the best cricketers ever to play the game but um, I think it's so true the, the more relaxed you are the calmer you are uh, you're going to deliver so um, and you did didn't you after after meeting him yeah my my first game was actually against KKR at, at Delhi and I managed to plink a few got 50 off 30 balls so um no, it was amazing, and, and afterwards he sent me a message just to say well done and stuff. So it's pretty cool, um, guys you grow up watching um, that you, you can kind of talk to and, and whatever. So, I mean, Rahul Dravid was my coach as an example, and uh, just picking his brains for six weeks um, about the game, everything to do with the game, 
and, and dealing with different conditions, um, it was invaluable. And, and without doubt, my cricket improved massively. Okay. Well, that's Sam Billings. Simon, everyone's learning off everybody these days. T20 around the world is like a, a, a sort of cricketing brainstorm. All these coaches, as well as players, all feeding in their ideas into the mix. And it becomes this, this sort of rapidly moving vehicle. That's why the game is evolving so fast, because of all these incredible ideas. You know, in fact, Sam Billings was telling me that Joss Butler really admires Billings's pick-up sweep over deep square leg. Butler's very good shots uh, tend to be over his shoulder, that ramp shot he plays. But he's now found there's a, a fine leg back for that shot. And he doesn't hit the ball particularly well over deep square leg. But Billings does. He gets across with the front foot outside off and sweeps the ball over deep square leg or faster bowlers. Butler is trying to learn that shot off Billings. So it's not just learning from players around the world, it's learning from players in your own team. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. OK, let's finish. Let's do our, our highlight, low light. You can do the low light this week. I did it oh, last thanks. week. Oh, thanks. That's <laughs> nice. Cheers. <laughs> what, you misery man is no, giving no. me the low light. That's, that's, that's unfair. Anyway, I, I've got an obvious one, I think, which... Sort of, you, you, you dream of, of coming out to India in the middle of an English winter because it's cold at home and hot in, in India, and you think, well, I won't need to take many clothes. I can walk around in a t-shirt and shorts all the time. And then you you get to these hotels or commentary boxes or restaurants, and they've got the air conditioning on full blast. It's about five degrees. You need a sheepskin coat just for sitting indoors in India. So that really annoys me. I have to spend most of my time telling the people, the, the, the waiters or whoever, to, to turn the air conditioning off because yeah. it really ruins the experience. It's a bit of a, a, a rubbish moan in a way, isn't it? Because we're still in, we're lucky to be in beautiful hotels, but they could turn the air conditioning down a bit. Well, I've been here many times before, so I brought my sheepskin coat, so I'm absolutely fine. My, uh, you veteran traveller. <laughs> my highlight is, is, is also to do with uh, being in India, and it's actually to do with Indian cricket's adoption at last of, of DRS. Uh, their, their first summer stroke winter <laughs> it sort of is winter here but it, it feels a little bit like summer uh, they've adopted it at last and it's worked, it worked well in the test series and the other night in the one day as we saw that England innings uh, Jason Roy giving out LBW unconvincing raising of the finger from umpire Nandan Hales helped him out, it was missing he got the reprieve and he went on to make 73, would have been out for 18 Owen Morgan given not out, looking to run it down, got a little nick. India reviewed it, they knew it was out, they got the right decision. Well done, India. Well done, India, for adopting DRS. And Dhoni, actually, he forgot he wasn't captain there, didn't he? And he went for the review even before he'd asked the new captain, Coley. He just threw it in there, oh, that's out. And then umpire gave it not out straight away with the signal for DRS. Right, we're out of time. We've got to get out of here now because we've got to head for... Cutack for the next One Day International and then of course to the excitement and the bedlam of Eden Gardens Calcutta, I can't wait for that It's always a, a great place to watch One Day International cricket or, or any cricket especially if the ground is full on Sunday, so that One Day series will be over on Sunday and the next edition of the Analyst Inside Cricket will be out next Tuesday we'll review the One Day International series and we'll look forward to the T20 series. And don't forget, talking of reviews, give us a review on iTunes and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.
Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.